It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Hello and welcome to yet another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. Today, I am excited to have Sarah M. back to the podcast to continue part two of our conversation. We started how she survived the killing fields in Cambodia. So if you missed part one of this conversation, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's a very powerful story covering how the Khmer Rouge regime took over Cambodia and disrupted her family, her education, and chronicled some very powerful stories. And then in part two, we're going to continue with the story, how she immigrated to the U.S. and how life has been for her. So Sarah, welcome back to part two of this discussion. Fred, thank you for having me back. It's my pleasure. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. The pleasure is always mine. Sarah, we, we covered part one of your story growing up in Cambodia and then, you know, life, you know, getting, becoming upended when you're in college, I believe, when the Khmer Rouge regime just took over and, you know, separated you, separated your family. And at some point you found yourself in the killing fields and survived some very horrific um ordeals and you 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 braved it by 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 fleeing actually with with um with a couple of people and somehow you 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 found yourself in the united states can you take us back in a little bit and, and talk about how you ended up in the united states sure i i end up in the united states because i escaped from cambodia uh, during that time we just come out from the killing fields and everything was pretty much destroyed. We don't have any infrastructure in our country. We don't even have uh, a bus line running, not even an airplane. So the only way to get out of the country is by escaping to the border uh, because Cambodia is border next door to Thailand. and. I went through Thai border. So when we crossed the border, it's a very dangerous uh, uh, escape also. Uh, there's a lot of landmines along the border, but um, but thank God I'm not, I was not stepping on the landmine. So as soon as we crossed, we, we crossed over to Thailand, we found the refugee camp that was set up by United Nations. And we registered as a refugee and United Nations offer some food, some shelter, you know, the, the camp, just the camp. And uh, from there, I was searching for my only relative in the United States. And he left the country a long time ago, and um, I found him. We made connection, and he sponsored me to come to United States. That's how yeah. I ended up here. Yeah. Now, did you did you immigrate to the United States with your with your parents with your family from Cambodia? No, no, I I left my family because my mom was was ill at that time, 
she was not able to travel. Mm. So if my mom is ill, my my two little brother need to be with her, and my other brother just got married. So it's the situation did not work out. Mm. I'm the only, I'm the only option of the family that I can go out. And the reason, the reason my mom pushed me out is that because I was a single woman mm -hmm. in a very chaotic time, mm -hmm. I can be a prime prospect for, uh, you know, crime. So fearful for my life, my mom pushed me out, and 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 her her word that calmed me down. She said, "Honey." If you make it out, maybe you will have an opportunity to come back to help us at the later time. So the purpose is to go find freedom and hopefully I can help out the family. Wow. And uh, how was the transition like for you, Sarah, when you immigrated to the United States here you are in a you know fleeing one um, very challenging environment and then coming in into an entirely new country new culture and, and I dare say that this was a culture shock right because you know you had to learn the language and and, and all of that how, how was a transition like like for you starting back from 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 scratch really <laughs> the trans transition is really difficult but Compared to where I came from, it it's better. It's better than the killing field. So I can handle the challenge in the United States. And thank God I was, I feel so loved, loved by the group of women from the church. There's a woman ministry from Prince of Peace Lutheran Church. They have this mission to help out the refugees that, that are brand new to the country. So they have a small budget to help us. And they have they found an apartment and then all the uh, all the everything, everything that we need in the apartment. You know, old used secondhand clothes and furniture, pots and pans and everything. So it's pretty much, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, secure. The, I, I feel like wow, I have everything. Amazing, these wonderful women. They are so, so awesome. I cannot, I, I cannot describe it. They, they wrap their arm around me with love and kindness. Uh -huh all the difference right and did you have to go back did you continue education when you came to the united states i do i want to continue my education so before before i can go to college i need to prove that i i have passed my high school i have nothing to prove so i need to uh, go and take the uh, ged class and you know, after I learned some language, some English, and then I I found the GED class, and then later on I took the exam, 
And I never thought that I could pass the exam because I I forgot everything. During the hardest time in the Killing Fields era, I could not remember anything. Even, even my good friends from school, my classmate, my professor, any topic that I learned, I couldn't remember anything. I totally forgot. So I thought that I, I must have amnesia. But when um, I decided to take the GED test, I was able to remember and I passed the test. How amazing. It just, I, um, I did not expect that I passed the test, but I do my best. I try it. And sure enough, I did pass. Right. You always have to try, right? Sometimes life really presents us with, well, the option just to back down, but you one really doesn't know until how close success is until you try. And even if you don't succeed at once, you know, it's really all about trying, trying, trying until yeah. you succeed. And I really applaud you for, you know, that tenacity and having gone through those challenges and and the killing fields and then coming here and then starting all over and still pursuing. I mean, it's it's a really encouraging story, um, Sarah, of how you were able to uh, to navigate all, all those challenges. Now, uh, let me ask you this. I mean, ha having been through all of that, do you, would you say that your, your experience in the killing field sort of prepared you to withstand or, or uh, or face some of the challenges here uh, in the United States when, when when you came and if so and if so how how, how did that preparation um, get you ready or how did that experience get you ready for what you went through uh, in the United States would you say very good question I uh, haven't thought too much about it but to come to think of it one experience prepare us for the next phase of our life before the killing fields happened, my mom had an accident and she became paralyzed. Paralyzed from her neck down. So she laid flat on her back for years. And I, as, a, as an oldest child, I became a caregiver, giving care to my mom and my two little brothers at the same time. And continue with school at the same time. Life was hard, but I did it because I love my mom. I want her to, to recover, to gain her health back. So I did it with love. And that process strengthened my love relationship with my mom so strong that it helped me live through the killing fields with success. Although the life in the killing field, it's hard. Almost, it's almost kill me. But without my loving bond with my mom, I probably didn't make it. Because of that love bond, it helped me to pursue my life, to, to sustain my life so that I can go back and help out my family. So that's my first step. And then the second step your, with your question, would my experience 
living through the killing field have helped me prepare me to to handle the life in transition as I arrive in the United States. I think it does. It helped me. So after I overcome four years of living through health in Khmeru's regime, I realized, hey, I'm strong. Yeah. I'm strong enough. I'm strong enough to survive. So um, that's that's my how my mindset is. Yeah. You well, know, you, there's a, there's a phrase that if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I was thinking. Hey, I make it through, and then <laughs> now now the challenge in the resettlement in the new country and everything. It's just another challenge because. I got through the hardest time already. And this one is not as bad. I can handle it. Now, did you get a chance to go back to uh, Cambodia to 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 see your family at all? And how long did it take you? How long did you did you wait to before you got the opportunity to go back to uh, to visit your family? <laughs> I wait 35 years. Wow. But my family left the country about five years later for five years later and then no no not quite five about four years after i left they already also left where did they go they went to thailand also when they got into the thai border they found a refugee camp but the camp was not in operation they already closed, closed the registration. So that's the challenge occur. When, when you get into a new country and you don't have a way to register, you become illegal. So my family, my whole family get into that uh, Thailand illegally. I didn't know it. I didn't know. I thought it was just like before. So I did the paperwork, I sponsored them and everything and keep waiting and nothing happened. Nothing happened until I found out the hard way. And the way I found out is getting the congressman, the senator to help to find out, you know, how, how, how to bring my family over. And we went to Thailand. Our senator sent his aid to have to take a delegation trip to Thailand to go to the immigration office in Thailand. And we found out that my family did, is now registered as a refugee. So whatever I did in the past didn't do anything. So I found out that I need to become a, a US citizen. So I had to wait until five years and then after I live here five years then apply it take more time and then before they call me for interview I had to wait more time so several years later I become U.S. citizen and then I sponsored them but in the meantime while they are in the camp illegally I was so stressed 
I was so worried about the danger that could happen because the soldier can can find them, can beat them up, can put them in the jail. It's really dangerous. Um, yeah, my my family had to dig the hole in the ground. Wow. When when the soldier come, they had to get into the hole, hide themselves underground. What a harrowing experience, uh, Sarah, not just for you, but for your family as well. But eventually, though, you said you're able to bring your parents, your family here to the United States. Yeah, yes. Wow. wow. Yeah. So I arrived in the United States in 1981. My family arrived in, in 89. Wow. About eight so, years later. Yeah, eight years later. What a what a happy ending uh, to, to, to what I call one of the most... Uh, Roller coaster experiences uh, of life. So as we kind of wrap up here, I, I, and we're going to talk about your book here uh, in a moment, but if, if you had to talk to someone, Sarah, who has been listening or maybe following your story, your experience from, um, you know, growing up in Cambodia, working in the killing fields and then through Thailand and then finally in the United States and you know, so, so this someone listening or watching who's, you know, haven't been to through nearly as much as you did, right? But may maybe going through their own killing fields, whatever that may mean, right? It may be you know, some experience, you know, difficult experience that uh, uh, they may be feeling like giving up on. What what would you tell them? What encouraging words would you would you would you give to them um, right now? my my advice my advice my suggestion is that you find you find your love what what is what keep you alive what keep you your heart full of love for me my family mm -hmm. i i survive because of my love for my family and you have to find that love who who would be the person that you will do anything to fight for your life to survive and also to have faith believe that god is on your side yeah i i pray when when i was struggling i i was sent to a, an infirmary i was so sick i i pray to survive so you have to find your own faith whatever you believe in yeah yeah, yeah. and hold on to it wow. hold on to it and have that hope never give up hope yeah. never give up hope so i would i always like to compare the trouble that we we have in our life it's just like living in florida we have hurricane coming through but the hurricane doesn't stay for long it come it passes by every time so trouble come trouble make us stronger yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. what a what a powerful story and i let's talk about your book um sir how i survived the killing fields a story of hope love and determination where can a listeners find a copy of this book uh, they can find my book on my website. It's sarahin.com. 
s a r a i m dot com, and you go to the book tab, you will find the book there. And I'll make sure we have this in the show notes as well. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and pouring out and sharing your experience, harrowing experience. However,、uh, but we're pleased to hear that. And it well. I mean, it wasn't easy, but but you survived it. You persevered, and you could have given up easily, but you, you you didn't you didn't allow the love for family, hope, and faith kept you going strong. And、uh, glad that you're here today to share your story with our listeners. Thank you so much.、And、to you, our listeners, we want to thank you for sticking around and、uh, supporting and, and listening and, and contributing、um, as well. So. Check out Sarah's website at sarahmsarahm.com, and as always, want to thank you again for tuning in. And until next time, stay well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Fred. Thank you.